Hello and welcome to the Sounds from the Grave podcast. My name is Yusuf. And my name is Vanya. And remember, always check your candy. So today we are going to be covering some of the most classic uh, Halloween movies that people typically watch on Halloween, which is basically Trick or Treat and Hocus Pocus. Plus, we got to talk about the new Adam Sandler Halloween movie, good old Hubie Halloween. Guess that was, that was a fun time. Yeah, everybody has been binging that on Twitter, and it's definitely uh, something that you should check out. It's a horror comedy, I would like to call it, but it is something that we have to discuss. Yeah, I would definitely call it a horror comedy as well, but uh, we'll get to that in a sec. Um, I think we should go ahead and get started with the big classic, you know, um, the the childhood one. Hmm? Okay, so Hocus Pocus. Oh, yeah. We're starting off with our favorite witch sisters. Yeah, the Sanderson sisters, <laughs> if you guys don't know who they are. So Hocus Pocus was actually released in 1993, which is a lot older than uh, even me and Yusuf here. Uh, but Disney has released this movie, definitely having that shock factor before anybody got offended to those Disney standards, but Disney has taken a big step to being very daring while telling a very dark story, but with happy endings. Yeah, it's funny enough, when I first saw this movie, I had no idea it was a Disney movie at all. I just thought it was a Halloween movie that you would just watch on like ABC Family or something like that. Um, but I actually remember the last time, I think the last time I saw it for fun with like, it was like a year ago, I think. I went to the, I think it was like for its anniversary, I went to go see it at the theater. And that was awesome, because I was like, I hadn't seen this in a long time, forgot how good this movie was, and I loved it all over again. I watched it like three times <laughs> this year. <so. laughs> um, I watched this year, like I watched that movie every year, so it's a tradition, like uh, even though I'm like, I should turn away and watch other horror films. But I always come back to watching Hocus Pocus because it's just so good. It's so freaking quotable, especially all the quotes from the Sanderson sisters. Yeah, it's it's got this charm to it that I just it's it's just hard to to kind of get away from. Even if you wanted to get away from it, you, just, you wouldn't want to at, at this point because it's such a fun movie anyway. And it, I think the biggest thing about it too is that it definitely. Because you know how like Christmas movies have a very Christmassy feel to them, and like they give you like the Christmas feeling type of thing. That's, That's... Me with uh, Grinchmas or Grinch. Uh, how the Grinch stole Christmas? Well, not Grinchmas. Sorry. <laughs> For me, that would be Christmas Vacation. But um, the same way that those Christmas movies make you feel about Christmas, I think Hocus Pocus is one of those movies that like just puts you in those Halloween vibes and. I don't know, it's kind of hard to describe, but, like, it, it gives you that, like, fall, Halloween, spooky season feeling, you know? Yeah, so with our story, we are starting with uh, Mac Dennison, who has uh, just recently uh, moved in from L.A., I think it was L.A., Yeah. and then he goes into Massachusetts, Salem, where, you know, the classic uh, 
uh, which trials took place. And he comes across this lovely girl, Allison, and plus he moves in with his uh, sister, Danny, who is also like the little, like what I love about Danny is that she has this charm to her that she has like this pure like redhead. And then she has like the classic like witch outfit. And plus she has like a little, like, you know how little kids, like they can't have makeup, but they'll put them like with little red lipstick and stuff. <laughs> I always thought that was, she was like so cute. But then Max fucked up. Then goofed. Sorry. Or yeah. Or goofed. If you want to say, and he lit the black flame candle, which brought the Sanderson sisters uh, back from the grave after 300 years that it was the spell. Um, but a virgin had to light the candle, which is one of those <laughs> adult references that Disney has put into the movie. And a lot, I'm pretty sure a lot of kids were wondering what the hell a virgin was. Yes, it's definitely one of those first moments, I think, where Disney took an extra step forward and in terms of, I guess, not just appealing to kids, but also trying to appeal to teenagers at that time, too. Especially when, uh, when Max is uh, bringing uh, Danny trick-or-treating and he comes across Allison's house and Danny spills the beans that Max likes Allison's yabos. <laughs> you know, it's an interesting Yabos. word of choice for, uh, you know, breasts, mm. boobs, whatever you may want to call up. So Disney was definitely very daring in their uh, words yeah. and choosing. I will say this. I remember when I used to watch this movie as a kid, for the longest time, I was like, I want to be as cool as Max. Because like, his whole thing was having a drum set in his room. And I was like, I want that in my room. <laughs> Like, I want a little pit where I can put a drum set in my room and just play the drums, even though I have no idea how to play drums. Then you definitely realize that uh, Max is a dumbass. Well, in the yeah, most of the movie, he's kind yeah. of a, But, like, he has, like, this charm to him, which it comes with uh, him also, like, relating to Thackeray Banks, which is the cat that tries to stop Max from lighting the black flame candle, but... Uh, he still gets away with it anyway. And Thackeray Banks was another brother from the Salem witch trial times where he tried to save his sister. Uh, what was it? Uh, Emily Banks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was Emily. Emily yeah. Banks. And uh, she um, unfortunately got taken away by the sisters, made them young or somewhat younger. And then he's trying to tell Max to protect Danny because that's what they're after is Danny and every kid in Salem. What they, they used to like, what make them into like the kids into a soup, right? To stay young. Wasn't it something like that? Or like a potion? Well, they made a uh, potion that they would feed it to the kid and the kid's soul would slowly. Oh, that's right. Then they would like bodies. suck at the soul. Yeah, and that's then right. They would start sucking on their yeah. energy and then, Eventually, like um, in the first season, or not first season, the first uh, scene, um, it switches that the girl is with gray hair, and then the sisters have more vibrant colors, yeah. basically resembling that they're uh, younger again. And another like interesting fact is that I, another reason why I love this movie, and I'm, and you guys are gonna find me very weird for this, but. Um, I love Jason Marsden as an actor, especially that he was the voice for Thackeray Banks. 
But the actual uh, actor that was Thackeray Banks in the movie was not Jason Marsden. Jason Marsden did the voice of Thackeray Banks in human form and the cat, but the human form was only lip syncing to Jason Marsden's voice. Really? But yeah. I had so no he idea. He did a amazing job lip syncing wow. exactly in the way of Jason Marsden's voice. And Jason Marsden is literally shorter than I am. I've met him and he has black hair. So if you see any picture of Jason Marsden when he was younger versus the actor, there are two completely different actors. I don't know who that other actor was, but he just fit the role better. It's just that similar scenario where they did uh, in High School Musical where Zach in the first movie was not actually singing at all. Gotcha. I had no idea that was a thing. Now I, I definitely got to rewatch it for just that reason alone, just to like see the pick up, pick up on that little detail there. Um, I love Jason Marsden, and I literally <laughs> study up on every character he's done. What other What other characters has he done? Has he done? He's done uh, Eddie Monster. So he was uh, for the the young the basically the revamped version of the monsters. Okay. And then he also did uh, Max Goof from a Goofy movie. He was also uh, Kovu from Lion King 2. That's he was okay. That makes more sense. In a though. couple of Skyrim games. And so he's in a lot of things. He's a great voice actor. Gotcha. And, but he has had a couple of uh, in real life goal, like in real life uh, roles too. I just can't think of them right now. Okay. I'm mostly a fan of their, his animated plus like fantasy roles. Cool. Uh, I think another thing we got to discuss in terms of actors, and I feel awful for not remembering this guy's name, but he plays the zombie. Is it like a. I guess he, he would be considered a zombie, wouldn't he? Uh, Billy Butcherson? Billy, and, and yeah. Which is te- technically uh, Winifred's old lover, apparently. Yeah. And say the witch, like, witch trial times, but apparently, like, they. We never see that history between them. We just. It's just assumed, and it's kind of, like, alluded to, yeah. yeah. But he does curse her out, and, uh, yeah. like, uh, I think he's, like, I think he says, go to hell. Yeah. And she's like, oh, thank you. I quite like it there, actually. Like, <laughs> and she says it like that. It's yeah. just so many things that, you know, Disney has let pass <laughs> by. And if you guys have been to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, they also do the uh, Hocus Pocus uh, show and when they're singing the I Put a Spell on You song because there's a part that says uh, and there's hell to pay they change the word to heck so it doesn't offend uh, all those uh, kind of families that not yeah. to teach kids bad words like hell because hell is a place that exists in books and if you're religious in real life, I don't know, just whatever you believe in, but, you know, don't teach kids that, those words. Fuck. <laughs> well, then, and the other thing I wanted to say, too, is the actor that plays Billy, he's done, he's he's known as the man that plays a million creatures, because he was Billy. Uh, in the Hellboy movies, he played Abe Sapien. He played the creature from Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, he played the creature that was in The Shape of Water. Um, he, I think he's in Star Trek Discovery now, like the new Star Trek series on CBS. Like, the man is known for bringing life to a bunch of creatures. And, man, that's really Yeah, he's, cool. he has like a huge career and that kind of stuff. And the thing is, 
if you look at him out, outside of any type of like monster or like creature makeup, he just looks like an alien to begin because he's like really tall but like really gaunt and thin. He looks he looks like a Tim Burton character. Like he look he's a real life Tim Burton character without makeup. Oh, he's he's definitely yeah. like one of those iconic characters. In, <laughs> yeah, he he really does look like that, yeah. especially it just reminds me of that stupid trend that's going around in TikTok where they're making everybody like themselves look like Tim Burton characters. He doesn't need to do that trend. He oh no, he just naturally. he just smiles and that's it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But so from what another... I've heard, he's he's also supposed to be like one of the nicest guys out there. Because apparently, like in interviews and like people that have like talked to him and stuff, they say he's like a sweetheart. That he's he's a gentle giant. Cause he's super tall, but he's like a super nice guy. That's really cool. But the yeah. fact that he's like freakishly tall and he can pull up all those characters. Oh yeah. I feel like that's really like I feel like tallness in that aspect and also looking like a Tim Burton character has definitely worked to his advantage. Oh, it definitely has. Yeah. So another quick uh, fun fact. So. Any of you guys who have been in YouTube in the cringiest times, in the cringiest and cringiest of times, uh, Emily Banks, which is in the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie, um, if you guys know, maybe in the early 2000s, I would like to say, if you guys know of the YouTuber called Venetian Princess, where she does really cringy parodies of like Lady Gaga and makes them like super weird, all like, you know, very Kim Kardashian like. You know, so she's done like a couple of parodies, of, like making fun of uh, the artist, but and obviously in a, in a light of just for the fun of it, she was Emily Banks, and <laughs> so Venetian Princess. Uh, you know, a lot of people know her; uh, they recognize her as Emily. So that's also another quick fun fact for you guys. Um, especially if you were a Venetian princess fan or you watched her. I only know that because I was very guilty of watching her videos <laughs> and liking them. So no, we, we do have to talk about some of the, you know, we got to talk about the Sanderson sisters, like the actresses, because all three of them are incredible. They're Queens. Cause you have, you know, Bette Midler as, as Winnie and, uh, Bette Midler's, She's a goddess. I love that woman to death. I didn't realize that, um, you know, the Hello Salem, my name's Winifred, what's yours? It was a reference to another musical that she did, and I was like, "Yeah, what? I didn't know that. Yep. I found that out, like, not too long ago. I was like, I just keep loving this movie more and more. <laughs> yeah, because I'm absolutely obsessed with uh, Sarah Jessica Parker as well. Like, <laughs> She's definitely a goddess, and I wish she would come back for a Hocus Pocus too. But I think she was she's the main reason why they won't go forward with it really? because they want mm -hmm. the entire uh, cast, cast original cast to come back. But I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Hopefully, I mean, stranger things have happened. So, but um, yeah, we. I just, I especially, I loved how they interacted with each other. They were almost like. The Three Stooges, if they were witches. Oh, yeah. Like, that's very much how it felt for me. And I feel like sometimes, like, man, like, is this legend of the Sanderson sisters real? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're made up, but, like, yeah. it, it would be cool if they were, like, real witches. 
I wonder if they're like sisters in the terms of like a coven of witches. Because they don't look anything yeah. alike. Like, I'm pretty sure they're not like blood sisters. Oh, no. <laughs> Why was I cursed with some, some idiot sisters? I think that was, that was yeah. the word. Or wretched sisters. And I, I, I think one of my favorite scenes, though, is when all three of them are walking out of the cottage and they're like, they're walking in unison and they're like doing this like weird huff and puff thing as they're walking. <laughs> I love that so much. I literally. It's like my I, favorite thing from that movie. <laughs> out of this movie and it's just the hell that it's just oh it's, i love this movie so much there's like no words and it's just the fact that it's one of those movies that you could literally watch and never get tired of yeah. and i feel like uh definitely disney i know that i'm pretty sure they have some regrets from like releasing this movie but it's also the fact that it has People like this movie for the nostalgia, which is why they're bringing it back to the yeah. parks, back to our streaming services now, like Disney Plus and all that. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, yeah, it definitely has like a, a cult following at this point, especially for people our age that, that grew up watching it on cable and stuff like that. Before everybody was sensitive to things. <laughs> now, there, I know this, like, like you said earlier, Disney kind of pushed the boundaries a little bit with this movie in terms of what they could do in terms of being family friendly. And we got to talk about the scene where they go to this random guy's house and he's just dressed up as the devil. <laughs> and they just like fall in love with him and they think he's like Satan or something. <laughs> and they just chill at his house, like eating Cheetos and watching TV. Oh yeah. Like that's like think- the funniest <laughs> thing to me. I think the quote I, even though that's like pushing the boundaries, I feel like the scene that pushed the boundaries the most is when uh, they come across the bus driver. Oh my god, the bus driver! The, <laughs> he opens up the door, and he and then he's like, "Oh, what can I get? What are you ladies up to?" Is they're like, "We want children," and he's like, "It's gonna take me a couple of tries, but we can." I was like, "Whoa, Disney, what's going on?" So, like, it's definitely yeah. uh, one of those things that Disney has pushed a lot of sexual jokes in this in this movie. And the fact that it's just so subtle that any kid that could be watching this movie right now would not catch on to things unless it's the word yavos and virgin. I'm pretty sure they're going to ask their parents what the fuck those are. But uh, for everything else, it's a very subtle way that we know what it is, but, like, children yeah. might not catch on to it until much later if they become a fan of this movie yeah there's definitely a lot of kind of double entendres and like little things i would they would throw in there just to see if they would fly like even the whole thing with the parents how the mom was just dressed up as madonna and she's got like the big like things you know the big boob cone things (laughs) i still question to this day every time I watched this movie. How did they get away with that? How? Is this movie's, that is uh, this movie's PG, right? It is PG. Yep. Wow. They were really pushing it. Yeah. That's like, that's like a near PG 13 movie at this point. Like that's like eighties PG. Cause eighties yeah. and PG in the eighties, they could do pretty much whatever they wanted. They just couldn't say the, they couldn't drop an F bomb every once in a while, but they pretty much did everything else. Like I feel like that's what they did with this movie. They were like, it's like an 80s PG movie. 
I'm literally looking at the genre, and it is considered a family comedy, but <laughs> Lord. <laughs> like, so, you know family what's comedy? crazy is that this movie, even though it was only, I feel like it was only released for uh, Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. It was released. But apparently the box office was $42.6 million for this movie. It and made $42.6 million? Yes. Wow. Do you know what the, the does it show what the budget on there was? Like how much they, they made it for? I will check that, but uh, you can uh, keep touching on some points while I look at Yeah, because I think budget-wise, I think that movie had – it didn't have like a super big budget. Uh, I think it was like a medium-sized budget, and I'm pretty sure most of that went towards paying Bette Midler. Because <laughs> like – for those of you that don't know, Bette Midler is – a huge Broadway actress, like similar in style to Barbara Streisand. I mean, everybody knows who Barbara Streisand is at this point. So, similar type of actress that came from from Broadway and just kind of made the jump over to movies and had a pretty good amount of success with that. So the budget for this movie was twenty eight million. Oh wow! So like it pretty much made double its just just under double its budget. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's, that's not a big budget movie at all. Just for that time, like, at least. Uh, with Disney Channel, uh, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? Kind of sucks. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a thirty-eight percent, but Rotten hey, Tomatoes does not know what they're talking about. Sometimes. Some I mean, sometimes. Sometimes they're hit or miss. I mean, I I'll take their word for it when a movie is good, but there's some movies that are god awful. And, you know, it's a, it's a cult classic, just like Hocus Pocus is. And, you know, I'm pretty sure if they were to have watched it now with all of the following and the fact that this was a Disney movie, I feel like this could be way higher. Yeah, if, if this movie were to be released now, I would probably give it, I think on Rotten Tomatoes, it would have like a, maybe like a 60, 65% on there. So I know some critics were, are still going to tear it to shreds. Just cause I'm, that's just how critics are. But um, it's interesting. It's interesting too because I have this little thing with Rotten Tomatoes. It's like a little theory. If you're looking for a a movie to watch that isn't considered a huge score on Rotten Tomatoes, anything in the twenty to forty percent range, the movie itself might be bad according to Rotten Tomatoes, but you're gonna have a fun time watching them. Like, that's been at least my experiences with it. Because some of the movies that I've seen, and then later on I check the, the scores on Rotten Tomatoes, are usually like 30, 35, 40%. And I'm like, I can see why, but I still enjoyed myself. So. Yeah, I feel like a lot of movies are starting to hit that point. But I mean, event, like recently, movies in Rotten Tomatoes have been getting higher scores, which is really I weird think for movies so that too. I don't. Like, for movies that I, like, I wouldn't agree to that kind of score, but, like... I think a lot of it has to do, and as much as I hate to say this, it might be certain types of bias. Because certain types of reviewers are going to review movies a certain way because the studio or, like, the executives will be like, hey, this will help us sell this movie. Because, I mean, if you literally, if you look at any trailer for a movie now, the first thing they're going to announce is, like, oh, it's got an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. And, like, the, they use that now as a selling point instead of, like, an actual, 
way to review a movie and actually determine how good it is or not. Oh, I agree, but I feel like uh, Rotten Tomatoes is literally like the harsh critic of the movie world. Yeah, sort of, because I mean, all really Rotten Tomatoes, all it really does is takes all the scores a movie has gotten and just puts them together and give them gives them an average score. That's really all it does. So you you can't really blame Rotten Tomatoes itself. It's mostly the reviewers are giving them high scores to to bump up the Rotten Tomato score. Yeah. Same as so, people who do it the opposite way, where they'll like do it, where where they like review bomb stuff on purpose just mm-hmm. to bring down the score of something. That people do that kind of stuff all the time too. So, mm. but in the case of Hocus Pocus, I would definitely rate that a much higher percentage on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, let's not forget of uh, Kathy and Jimmy, who is also the wonderful Mary character that we love. And from the Sanderson sisters, uh, she's like the weird one that always has her lip to the side. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, is they really? I smell children. And and she was an amazing actress. I feel like she, even though this movie was already a comedy, but she was like the comedic relief in the end. Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, before Hocus Pocus, I used to watch this movie all the time as a kid. I, I knew her from Sister Act. I've never she, seen she was one of the nuns in Sister Act, and she was... So funny in that movie. Like, I remember watching that movie so much, and I loved her specifically in that movie. So then, like, watching her now, in as an adult watching Hocus Pocus, I'm like, I can definitely see that. She has a very distinct style of comedy, and I, I honestly, I love how she does comedy. Yeah. And apparently, I never knew this, but she was in Bride of Chucky. Even though I have binge watched Bride of Chucky, like, I just saw that times. recently. I don't remember seeing her on there, actually. I might have to rewatch it just to, just to see if I can find her again. And she's also been on classic uh, Disney movies such as Tinkerbell, uh, Brother Bear 2, and all that kind of jazz. So And Descendants. Um, mm. I also, I am very guilty of liking Descendants. I have don't not seen them me, at all. But, it's a, you know, it's a Disney original that they, it's basically like with all the kids of all the Disney villains and all that other stuff. Also has Cameron Boyce, who also passed away this year, I think it was. Yeah. or I think it was last year. Right. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was at the beginning of this year. Yeah, in the beginning of this yeah. year. Uh, so, yeah. Um, but, you know, those are all the three Sanderson sisters. I don't know much of the other um actors of what they're doing um yeah they, mars then is still doing uh shows for disney hmm. and other and other kind of things that he does he also has his own little web cast uh web show whatever the fuck um you know showcasing a lot of because he's from tennessee so he he does a lot of like western shows of like talent and all that stuff and yeah, I don't know much of Om- Omri Katz, which was our Max Dennison. And Vanessa Shaw looks familiar because she was Allison. But I haven't seen her in any movies recently. Okay. I, I do want to talk about this one character in the movie, uh, and that's the bully, the kid with the long blonde hair that we call him Hollywood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the one that calls him Hollywood. <laughs> Come, ice. Yeah. And then start pointing to head. What's up? What the fuck? Uh, they were like the most like '90s bullies I've ever seen in any type of movie. 
It makes me like also the like, question. I'm like, man, like were bullies back then really like that? Because I don't remember. I don't bullies know. like that at all. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it's just a stereotype that they used to like do in the '90s with like the bullies. I thought that was uh, really funny, and those two are amazing, especially when uh, Max uh, sees them like in the cage. And the shoes that they stole from him in the beginning of the movie, yeah. he takes it back and he just leaves them there. So Max gives them a taste of their own medicine. And yeah, I'm pretty sure they didn't mess with him after that. <laughs> yeah, Not to mention, too, like all the little visual comedy things in the movie, like the whole thing about the witch or the Sanderson's thinking that Max is like some sort of wizard or druid at the beginning when he lights up the and he turns on the lighter. And turns on the sprinklers in the house, and they think it's magic. It's like the 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 rain of death. Yeah, that's what he calls. That's what they think. And then when the water would just pour down, they'd be like, ah! which I love because like, it was a nice he just water. Which I love because it was a nice little nod to Wizard of Oz because that's the thing that would kill the Wicked Witch. She would shoot water at her. So I thought that was really funny how they snuck that in there too, and as well. You have to oh, love the daylight. The daylight savings one too was oh, yeah. like, <laughs> daylight savings. Thing, yeah. Like we gotta, we gotta love daylight savings, and then they're like, then they turn on the, the headlights of the car, like up to like optimum seat, optimum speed, and then Danny is like, oh, I want to see them like, like uh, melt or die, and then they she looks back and realizes it's the car. She's like, bump it. In other words. <laughs> Another word for fuck it. Yeah. So it's that was just another sneakily bad word put under <laughs> a child's instead of, you know, actually saying the F word is just like bump yep. it. Yeah. Oh, and not not to mention too the other little visual piece in there. It's when the uh, when the Sanderson's are getting ready to fly on their brooms and you know you have Winnie on her broom. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't get through that without laughing. Because you have, you know, the Sarah Jessica Parker's character on the room and <laughs> she shows up on the vacuum cleaner with the cord hanging yeah. out. I'm like, oh, my God. That was Mary. Um, oh, man. That, that was great. Yeah. Kathy and Jimmy, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. She was in the vacuum cleaner. And <laughs> the fact that you see her swing that and it hits so hard. And she's like, oh, God. Because <laughs> they're all just like, boom. And she's like, boom. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that, like, during that scene, I mean, I'm pretty sure the vacuum cleaner wasn't on anyway, but imagine if it would have turned on <laughs> somehow through magic and it just sucks her freaking dress from underneath. <laughs> that would suck. Oh, man. Honestly, I love that movie. Yeah, so absolutely, if you guys have not seen Hocus Pocus, give it a watch. Please um, do if it. If you haven't, I'm literally like, what are you waiting for? Uh, October is almost done. Crazy. Like nine days until yeah. October. But I mean, I mean it doesn't have to be October for you to watch it. You can just watch it whenever. It's that good of a movie. Yeah. It's, well, anytime. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. As yeah. I just randomly slurped. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> it, I, I'm drinking water. If you guys haven't been watching me at the podcast on youtube <laughs> i am drinking water so i just kind of slipped and all that stuff i promise i'm not trying to give you some disgusting asmr stuff no that that's for but, later no <laughs> but yeah so i love this movie 
go watch it. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's it's a fun time. It, I I think I can understand the whole family comedy like label they put on it because it's one of those things where like your whole family can watch it and they'll find something they like about it. Because like you know, right. the adults will will like the adult jokes. The kids will like the whole witchy spooky thing. The teenagers yeah. will like the adult jokes. <laughs> Yeah, one last thing. It, it, the fact that they show the bus running over the cat, I'm like, yo, that's going to be Oh my god, yeah, I forgot about that. Jesus run Christ. Over Thackeray, yeah. And you just see him deflate. <laughs> and then Danny starts crying. And then all of a sudden we see. Uh, just inflates. <laughs> inflates again. I'm like, oh god. Like, oh but my god. like Thackeray tells. Uh, Danny that he can't die and all that other stuff. So because you know they, the witches put a curse on him yeah. uh, that he lives forever. So um, because that was basically the curse um, from him saving, trying to save his sister Emily. Yeah, but for sure, definitely give Hocus Pocus a watch if you haven't already, or if you have, just give it another watch. You know, rewatch it. It's always a good time. Absolutely. So. Yeah. We are now going into another one of my favorite Halloween binging uh, movies, uh, Trick or Treat. Yes. I love Trick or Treat. And it ha- it's a definitely an anthology. Like, a lot of horror anthologies, like, they're cool, but they're not as memorable as Trick or Treat. Yeah. Because, okay, here's the thing about Trick or Treat. It's an, it's an anthology movie, but all the stories are connected in some way or another. Because they all have, like, characters that go from one story to the other. Um, certain themes that are running through in each story. As well as, of course, Sam is the one thread that connects all the stories together. So, But that's one of the, I think that's one of the things that sets it apart from other anthology films. The fact that it, you can kind of trace a timeline as to how the stories take place. Because it all takes across Halloween night. Essentially, uh, Sam is definitely like the spirit of Halloween and all this other stuff. And as long as you follow the rules, you are going to have a successful Halloween. But if you don't, you get into awful trouble, which is what we are uh, introduced to through the anthology movies when you don't do uh, the rules or like follow the rules and whatnot. Yeah. I feel like this movie is also, I, I would consider this movie kind of a dark comedy as well. Because outside of its horror oh, stuff, yeah. it's got some really funny moments that, like, it, it uses darkness to be funny. Yeah. I definitely like, agree, especially, like, the one out of the many parts that were hilarious in this movie, the one part that I really liked uh, was, uh, or that got me rolling was when Sam got thrown across the room. <laughs> So it's the end of the movie, you know, I hear <laughs> and his, his head, like his head, or I think his back hit the wall and it was just like, okay, like I'm just going to naturally get up and I'm like, oh God, like it, that, it could have gone without, but it was just a really nice touch, but it's just also like woke up my eyes like, damn, like also like Sam is supposedly like a spirit of a 10 year old kid but it's like the spirit of halloween but he's like literally like 10 year old height and is and just makes me not want to take him seriously but at the same time like he has a lollipop that can cut throats so (laughs) yeah that's the thing i would say one of the funnier scenes for me is um 
kind of a spoiler, I guess, but it's the um, the school principal that poisons the one kid and makes him throw up all the candy. And when he's like trying to bury the body, but like he keeps getting interrupted. Like I think oh, that for yeah. me is like one of the funnier scenes because it's it's just like the most natural thing where he's just like trying to hide this body, <laughs> but he just keeps getting interrupted and he has to like constantly like try to hide it again. I just thought that was like the funniest thing. And then when the body came back to life and he just literally hits it like a couple of times <laughs> with the shovel, I'm like what? It's like, and, and especially like when if when you first watch this movie, um, mind you, I watched this movie when it was one of the very few uh, horror films that were on Netflix when Netflix was first released, and. It, it like in the beginning you really do think that the principal is gonna kill his kid because he's like daddy do this daddy do that and like yeah and then you see like him with his kid trying to carve up a jack-o'-lantern putting a knife as a bit of the point of view of killing his child but in reality they were both carving out the other kids the kid face. that he poisoned earlier <laughs> very disturbing because the kid knows that he's been doing that so yeah. that's that's that was pretty dark for a movie like that and it's crazy because if you haven't noticed or if you noticed the pattern trick-or-treat was not going to get approved for filming because it was a comic book and they had a lot of trouble trying to get it released and whatnot but trick-or-treat was not as popular when i would talk to people when that movie when i first came across that movie people are like what's that and now trick-or-treat everybody knows that movie yeah. it's just kind of like this weird phenomenon that happened between the release uh, on netflix which is not a netflix original but it's definitely like opened other doors for it to be more known yeah well, you... everybody knows this movie yeah and you definitely got to give props to Holly Hornets for that because you know their scare zone and their house later on, it was like, okay, so it kind of opened people's eyes to it, and they're like, okay, maybe we should give this movie a try, and kind of from there, it kind of got another following now. Okay, so yeah, I agree. Um, Halloween Horror Nights did uh, make this movie more known, because if you guys do remember, if you guys go to Party City or Spirit Halloween, they didn't have trick-or-treat uh, costumes or any of that. Like, you had to make it yourself, and I know that um, I think it was two or three years ago, I finally did my uh, Sam cosplay out of like literally the same material of like that really hot, like uh, polyester, like no, not polyester. It was like, it was, like felt, a wasn't it? Suit. It's yeah, felt it's like a felt suit. suit. Yeah, like a bunny suit. And, I, <laughs> and it's very hot. But I, the thing that I like about about it is that I was able to paper mache and put the sack over my head and it looks just like Sam and now you can go to the store be Sam but you know the mask doesn't look very comfortable so I'm really happy with about my mask but yeah like the fact that this there was an overgrowing of popularity of this movie yeah and now it's becoming on people's list just like anybody with Nightmare Before Christmas Hocus Pocus Halloween Town uh, the Halloween movies, naturally, and all that other horror yeah, they're, they're and kinda, Halloween stories. Yeah, they're kind of considered like essential Halloween movies at this point. So it's not spooky season unless you watch them. Exactly. And, and so, so we gotta 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can I toss that no. out? Toss that out. Toss it. All right. Okay. You toss. So we we got to talk about a little bit about each one of the little stories in the film. Uh, so I think we should start with your favorite because I know you have a soft spot for a specific story in the film. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really does come close to Rhonda's, um, but I definitely love uh, the werewolf scene. Uh, the werewolf scene is my absolute favorite. It's just the fact that we think about um, Lori and her sister, which they look nothing alike, mind you, but we find out later on, but they're not actually blood sisters, but they are werewolves in a pact. In basically a family pack and all that stuff and they this this story does give out vibes of you know you're in college or you're a young woman and you know you should find a potential mate to lose your virginity that kind of thing and they're trying and she Lori says oh like I kind of want my first time to be special but we're giving the impression that she's trying to have sex but we aren't so at, towards the movie I think this, this is the scene that confuses me a lot, and I'm pretty sure it is. The the guy that Laurie kills or, you know, rips apart is the uh, teacher or yes, the professor that snuck out at night after putting his kid to bed. So, um, essentially, Laurie transforms into a werewolf. You hear Marilyn Manson's Sweet Dreams play. All the college girls in their sexy outfits rip off their skin and to reveal these wonderful werewolf women, which I live for and I love werewolves and I love the fact that they're girls and it's just amazing. And, and <laughs> I, I can go off about this scene all the time. It's just the fact that Lori is was such a down to earth character from like the realism of they're not she's not trying to be like her friends or her sisters rather, but um, essentially, you know, she felt like she needed to do that growing up to finally get her first meal or yeah. basically her first transformation. Because if you notice in this movie, all the other girls in the pact transformed fairly quickly, fairly quickly. But Lori takes a bit of it of time to uh, transform and we don't actually see her in her full werewolf features, which is just makes me think that she was uh, just recently transformed into a werewolf to finally get her first kill of the night on Halloween. So then we see Sam in the background acknowledging, uh, you know, the whole sacrifice. And yeah, so that's like my favorite part of the movie. So that on the one, but you know, the Ronda one is definitely. <laughs> Cool as well. So, so here's what I liked: the two things that I liked about the werewolf story. One, if you were to take the whole story and cut it into one long cohesive thing, it's about fifteen to twenty minutes long. They straight up told a coming of age story with werewolves in twenty minutes. Like that, many people can do that. <laughs> you got to give them the major props for being able to to write such a cohesive effective plot that only takes 20 minutes to explain and it only takes place in the middle of halloween night which yeah. they buy their costumes they essentially get the checked out they're trying to find 
potential dates for this party out in the woods. Yeah. And they all get their meal, and but Lori is the only one that didn't. So it's it's definitely I agree. It's it is a uh, coming of age story. Yeah. Especially because, like I said, it, like, in terms of the pacing, it, it has, like, no fat in it. It's just, like, boom, costumes. Boom, looking for the mate. Boom, going to the woods. Boom, we got our guy. Boom, let's eat him. That's it. Like, it doesn't wait. It doesn't spend time on anything else. It doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be explored. Yeah. So, we also come into the impression in the middle of the story that something bad might have happened to Lori when, um... The professor has tried to eat her or basically assault her in a way. Yeah. And Especially then because the he end, had been killing people earlier in the evening as this like masquerade, you know, this Zorro type thing where he's wearing like a mask and he had been killing other women as well. So you think, yeah. oh, she's going to be another one of his victims. Mm-hmm. And then you just see his uh, body flop from the tree and Lori comes in the frame and that's when that whole werewolf transformation scene starts and it's definitely I have this lovely soft spot for that movie it gets me every <laughs> freaking time I will never ever get tired of it yeah it's I, I definitely loved that story as well so which one would yours be Ooh, right off the bat for me it's no contest my favorite one is uh Rhonda and and the school bus kids she comes so close for oh me. I, I just I just Rhonda. love Rhonda so much fuck out of literally the whole story that she says to the kid and then at the end <laughs> I like your eye patch <laughs> that just walks away and it's just man those kids are assholes but the <laughs> fact that Rhonda like literally like gave them a taste of their own medicine was literally like yeah. Cherry on top of everything is like, because <laughs> okay. So for those of you that don't know the whole story with Rhonda is that she, you know, she's just like a typical, I would say like a middle schooler and she gets uh, grouped in with these three. Is it? Is it three or four? Like other middle schooler kids made like some of the popular kids and they take her to this quarry and they explain the story to her. It's like, you know, a couple of years, like 20, 30 years ago or something like that. Uh, these kids that were kind of special kids were put on the school bus by their parents and the parents all paid off the school, the bus driver to literally drive the bus off the cliff into the quarry and kill the children. And that's what happens. And the legend goes that the kids are still there. And if you go down there, you can find the school bus and you can see the, the kids. And, of course, the, they, they try to bully Rhonda. They push her into the quarry to try to get her to get haunted by the ghosts. Or they, they take the elevator down. That's what it was. They take an elevator. And they have to take the pumpkins down the elevator to like an uh, let the kids know, like an offering um, to yeah. the kids that died. What went wrong is that definitely um, the bus driver was not supposed to be on the bus. Um, they were all locked up. And all that stuff, but uh, the Dracula kid uh, was smart to escape, but then he was trying to turn the bus around, which eventually uh, led off the cliff. Yeah, it's very tragic. And um, so, you know, the, the whole thing, too, where, where they try to bully Rhonda into going, you know, into like trying to strand her in there and like leave her there. But of course, as happens in all the movies where bullies get involved, they get a taste of their own medicine. The kids come after them instead. 
And it's kind of unknown what their fates are, but I'm pretty sure they, the kids just died. Just, they died. <laughs> then you peacefully see Rhonda just coming out of the, the cliff area, just minding her own business, unbothered. Yep. And it's just the fact that one of those guys, um, one of the well, the only kind of good-looking kid and like that she liked from the group like she didn't even pay no mind after like he got a taste of his own medicine because uh, the angel girl was trying to um basically have the guy like try to make Rhonda like you know basically like swoon her and all this other stuff just to mess with her yeah yeah just you know you know trying to it's one of those things where, like, popular kids like to play with someone's feelings to be able to get them into the prank that they want. Yeah. Kind of, like, spin the bottle, like, trying to set you up with the most popular kid, and then they give you a pig to kiss in the dark, and you think it's them, but it's not. It's Yeah, it's, it's like that so kind of, like... That kind of story. Popular kid, bully, but like, bullying the, the non-popular kid type of thing. Um, But, uh, you know, what's cool about that story is, too, again, it's how well it how well connected it is to the other stories in the film, specifically the old man. And that's all I'm going to say. I don't want to spoil anything else, but um, I like how they connected that together. And I kind of like the whole idea of these kids that, you know, their school bus literally crashed into a quarry and they died just way down there at this like bottom of this cliff. I thought that was really creepy, especially the fact that they have, like, a working elevator that'll take you down there. <laughs> yeah, just, like, what kind of construction has been going down there? Yeah. It? But the... Are we really not going to spoil the end? Okay, maybe a little bit. But before we get to okay. that, there's a, I, I do want to say one last thing about the whole Ronda story, because I, I love the Ronda story so much that I actually ended up writing a fan fiction sequel... It's a trick-or-treat that it, it's not as much of an anthology. It is kind of a self-contained story, but it does feature Rhonda back in the, uh, back in the story uh, for like a, a, a sequel to trick-or-treat. But it's very, it, it would very much be if you were to take that and then combine it with other, story, other stories, it would definitely make enough for another anthology film for a sequel to trick-or-treat. So I like to I like to count that as like one of the many stories that it could have as a sequel. You're just making me want to go buy that whole uh, uh comic that they're selling on Amazon. The, <laughs> the you know, you know that comic that they're selling yeah on Trick or Treat like and it's like twenty five bucks. I'm like, I don't want it though. Uh, so I just love anything Trick or Treat. It's just specifically Sam and. Lori, but I also love Rhonda. Rhonda's uh, she's such a cool character. Yeah, she really is. As much uh, screen time that she did have, even it's not as much. It's just uh, she didn't have a lot of speaking lines, but it definitely made an impact on everything that has happened to her and whatnot. Yeah, I think yeah, I think a lot of it is just how the actress or like herself reacts to what is happening around her, and not only that, how she. Without having, you know, without really speaking much, how you can tell how the character is going through her arc. And, like, you not only is, you know, you got to give major props to the actress for, for being able to do that. Yeah, I agree. And the fact that this movie, in, within its anthology, um, we do see 
as we mentioned there, we do see the story of, you know, him poisoning the kid and the professor, the, the, oh, I say professor, but the teachers um, basically poisoning the kid to almost killing his kid, but not really ends up them carving up a jack-o'-lantern. He goes out into the city, kill, kills women. Then we see Laurie kill him, then Rhonda, and the, the story is all cohesive. And the fact, and we also see those kids also ask the teacher for a pumpkin for a jack-o'-lantern and he thinks that they're gonna smash it he's like no it's for a scavenger hunt as they lie and it's just all connected into one big story Mm -hmm. where sam is involved as a spirit of halloween and you have to and each of those either breaks or someone follows the rules yeah so it's definitely like sam the sam doesn't have a story until the end but Sam is literally the thread, like you have said, that connects all of those stories yeah. together, plus the old man at the end. Plus, but we do have to talk about Sam's story because it does correlate with the old man. Because I freaking love that, there, that this movie has a, a whole – the whole story is straight up a fight scene between this old man and Sam. <laughs> and I think it's like the coolest thing. Oh, yeah. Like the, the entire scene – it's, it's just it's one, just one big, big fight. Fight with this ten-year-old spirit <laughs> versus a grown-ass man, and like you know, and we do finally see uh, Sam's real face in this fight, and you and know he's terrified. <laughs> as you expect, he may be cute with his little sack, but uh, behind all of that is one scary pumpkin kid yeah it is dark eyes looks like like he he looks like a he looks like a living jack-o'-lantern yeah but he looks like a straight up jim henson character oh yeah for sure like puppet with the i I don't even think that was cgi i'm like oh no no yeah no that was that's definitely that's definitely a practical effect it's only a puppet that they made so I, I definitely got to say one of my favorite parts of that whole fight sequence is one of the moments where Sam gets like knocked down and he gets up and just like wraps unwraps a piece of candy and just has a, a, a piece of candy with a knife sticking out of it with like a razor blade. I'm like, oh, oh, Sam's coming to play now. Okay. It's like he's getting serious. He's like, okay, I can't take you with this lollipop. I got you with this other knife though. <laughs> Oh my gosh, is this a bad guy? Like, wouldn't he be violating his own rules? But, like, it was just so weird because he undoes a candy wrap. He doesn't even bite out of it. He just kind of slides a little thing and it just <laughs> yeah. nonchalant. I was like, it's what? it's like it's a it's like he has a it's like he has a box cutter with like a candy wrapping around it and he just like slides up the box cutter. But y'all, low key, I kind of want it. Like, that'd be pretty cool to have, like, it's a little prop, you know, like a little, like, candy bar with a knife sticking out of it. That'd be cool. Yo, I'm gonna make that. (laughs) But then somebody's like, why do you have a knife and a candy? I was like, I don't know. (laughs) You clearly have not watched Trick or Treat, you uncultured swine. (laughs) I mean, I literally have a a butcher's knife with Michael Myers' face on it, so I I shouldn't be saying anything. I have Sam's lollipop, so well, it doesn't know, really cut, sadly. Well, you know, I have I have a lament configuration, so I can unleash 
otherworldly pleasures if I wanted to. That didn't sound right. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but we also, as you guys also know, that uh, Spirit Halloween also released a limited edition Sam. So he was also very yeah, a little Funko cool. Pop. He's adorable. He's freaking adorable. I love, I love having him with his little sack and the little jack o' lantern. Yeah. And, and, he, and he's sitting, did, and he's sitting on his little like log. He's just sitting there. He's just chilling. And another thing is that uh, Shutter also released a little uh, log of his jack-o'-lantern, and you can play it in the background. It's an hour long. I, I like putting this when I'm in my room. I just kind of leave it playing. Oh, like a little, like a Yule log thing? Like, yeah. Oh, my God. That's so cool. I didn't know that. And it literally, like, you hear, like, body stud. You hear the wind blowing. Oh. You hear children playing. That's awesome. It's literally the coolest thing. If you guys have not seen the Google log on Shutter, then you definitely should. Leave it in the background. Observe some noises that you hear. It is definitely a cool thing. I'm surprised that they don't actually have the trick-or-treat movie on this platform. But uh, the Google log is good enough for me, honestly. <laughs> I'll definitely have to check that out then. I didn't even know that was a thing that was on there. I'll definitely be able to Oh, yeah. Look I put that. that shit all the time. <laughs> like, literally in my room. Like, I, even though it's like you hear like screaming in, in the background, and I'm like, but it's very subtle. It's not like something that blares through your TV. It's like mm. super subtle. But yeah, uh, Trick or Treat is definitely a traditional movie that you guys should watch. It's an anthology, it teaches you basically morals of halloween don't be an idiot and just you know it's literally something you can take away something from each and every story that is told yeah. through this movie it was originally a comic and it took a while for it to get approved for a movie and it is now practically a tradition yeah it's definitely um another one of those movies like hocus pocus that uh it, it's i mean cause, okay look at halloween halloween is set during Halloween, but it's not overtly in your face, fall, Halloween, children running around in dress and costumes. Trick or Treat gives you that and more. Like it is straight up a Halloween movie. Like it immediately brings you into the Halloween spirit. Just like perfectly. So it's kind of like a uh, nightmare before Christmas where it is straight up a Halloween movie in the beginning but it's also a dual, uh, basically dual purpose where, you know, Tim Burton did say it was straight up a Halloween movie. And, but like, it could also be used for Christmas time. But so it's definitely one of those movies where if it's evident and it shows that it is fall, it definitely gets you into the season, just like you have said. Yeah. So again, a it's one of those movies that we both recommend that you watch if you haven't yet. Or even if, like, and if you have already, watch it again. Again, and again, and again, and again, and again. Like me, this 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 year, I've watched both of those probably, like, three to five <laughs> times so far. And I will never, ever get tired of it. So. <laughs> but uh, I think it's time to move on to the last film that we're going to be discussing this evening. And it is the most recent, the most, yeah, the most recent into the pantheon of seasonal Halloween movies. And that is the Netflix exclusive Adam Sandler cast extravaganza 
Hubie Halloween. So it is a Adam Sandler movie, of course. Uh, and it's definitely interesting. Um, I saw this trending all over Twitter. And I didn't actually get around to watching it until probably like two uh, days ago, I think I watched it. So um, it's definitely uh, it's definitely funny. It has a lots and lots of references to old Adam Sandler movies, also other Halloween movies as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's uh, if you've seen other Adam Sandler movies, you know what to expect. But I, I feel like this one had like a, a little bit of an extra charm to it. Don't know if it was just because of like the whole Halloween thing, but I, I, I would say that's a pretty big part of it. But it's also because it, it's, like Vanya said, it, it alludes, you know, it, it hints at his previous films and it hints at, it has so many Easter eggs to so many other horror films. Uh, for example, right off the bat, they hit you with a radio broadcast. And the first thing I think of is, oh, The Fog. The same thing as they, what they did in The Fog with the radio broadcast. Uh, and of course, they have him riding a bike, similar to Stranger Things, similar to E.T., Goonies, all that stuff like all that 80s type of stuff um i will say this there's one thing about this movie that annoys me and that, that annoys me with whenever adam sandler does this and that is when he does a stupid voice throughout the entire movie i don't like when he does that i didn't like it in Waterboy, and i for sure didn't like it in hubie halloween i just I, I don't like when he does it i don't know why i just like i think it just uh-huh. bothers me because it's just like okay it, it's it feels like when a kid's doing an annoying voice and you're like, okay, just stop talking like a, talk like a normal human being. Yeah. Especially because you know he doesn't talk like that. You know he talks like a regular human being. It just annoys me at some point. I but, guess that's just a character because remember yeah. that he's supposed to be like an awkward character. I Like, you know what uh, this movie definitely reminds me of? But damn, that's like towards the end. I don't want to, I don't want to ruin the end. <laughs> But, like, I, I'll just say this. It's just the fact that Hubie lives with his mom, and his mom, I feel, like, I feel like his mom's more into very much Halloween, and she puts all the decorations out in the house, and, you know, Hubie kind of gets scared shitless and all that stuff. So it's kind of like a scaredy-cat kind of vibe, and she's, like, the dominant mom that, you know, uh, does, like, laughs, or basically, like, she she's just calling him a pussy, like, all the time. Like, it just gave me some major Friday the 13th vibes. Oh, I would have even said Carrie. Oh, for sure, yeah. Oh, definitely, because you know how in Carrie, she was kind of bullied, her mom wasn't really nice to her either, type of thing, and that's kind of what you get in here, too. (laughs) Yeah, but it's just the fact that it's just, that, I mean, in the end, she did, like, defend Oh, yeah. uh, he, he be with against uh, all the you know it's basically that movie where it's like there's a it's a town it's a small town where everybody's just annoyed the, with this one guy the fact that he breeds and the fact that he's just <laughs> he annoying <exists>. and he, <laughs> you know you know he just exists and even throughout all the good deeds like they're still mean to him and all this other stuff and plus um, there's a lot of weird stuff that happens so i didn't know this apparently the news anchor that was in that movie was actually a news anchor and she got fired because she did that movie in the harley quinn costume yeah what Uh, when i found yeah 
What? The news anchor in that movie. That's so was weird. Actually, a news anchor, but when they casted her, they're like, "You can't do that," because you know they're then they booted her because. Of that. Wow, I didn't know that at all. So I'm like, I'm like, I really hope she gets another job, a lot more money, or yeah, like, you know, she just starts pursuing acting at that point. Yeah, wow, dang, that that's sucks. rough. Like getting yeah. getting kicked out as an anchor is rough. But like, um, yeah. So it it has a lot of interesting choices, especially like with the Harley Quinn costume. I thought that was really funny because like every everybody so, in the news station was wearing a Harley Quinn costume, and they were literally so off. Like the colors were obviously off, and I was yeah. like, "Time to show your your ex what they've been missing." And I was like, "Oh God, no." <laughs> I will say that it was pretty funny, and, and like the the fact that Hubie's mom would always wear a different shirt with like super, like horrible meanings to them. Like one of them was like, "I shaved my balls for this." Basically, what happened in uh, the Harley Quinn movie, the the new one, Birds of Prey, is like, "I shaved my balls for this." I think it was just. Um, but like that was, was one of them. Oh, the bone, the boner donor. Oh yeah, instead of like blood donor, it's like boner donor. Yeah. Because like, oh like every God. time, yeah, every time she shows up in the movie, she has like a different shirt with like a really dumb seeing on it. But it's like she thinks it's super innocent when it really isn't at all. Yeah, just it, it was. It definitely had an interesting uh, choice of uh, ways to put around yeah. the comedy. But you know, I will say this: I feel like it was a very difficult call. But I feel like they saved their asses because they did this. The little girl dressed up as Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she's she's clearly in the in the shorts. No, obviously not booty shorts, but like, like they're shorts. But they did not show anything below that at any time. Mm. The, I mean, you have obviously the little kid belly and other stuff with the little weird swirly navel that kids have which is it's like aliens crawling out of their fucking stomach and it's gross but like they the fact that i feel like someone grabbed in premiere and zoomed it in so it's just from the waist up since they have been dealing with all the hate of uh the netflix um i think it was cuties i think i think it was yeah i think it was called cuties so movie. something like that yeah, like, there so would be a piece of like yeah children um, working and in a working team and you know they're really trying to avoid that kind of crap so you know with UB Halloween it was a very close call but I feel like to that level it was fine of with especially with the serving of the comedy that it was um you know offering to the viewer but yeah it was just you know I really like this movie I mean but I feel like I could also agree even though he was supposed to fit the part of the character that nobody liked it the voice was kind of annoying for me as well. Yeah, but um, outside of that, I, I definitely feel like it had a lot of really funny moments. I, I do like that every time he had to get on his bike to go somewhere, he's like constantly dodging stuff and people just throwing at him. <laughs> Especially because oh, like at one point it just gets ridiculous because you see people like throwing like complete jack o' lanterns at him and like a sink at one point. <laughs> Oh, when he goes into the cornfield, yeah. he's like, I'm in AUU. And he's like, then he's just, like, crawling like, yeah. on the floor, like, in a ridiculous manner. And obviously the kids were obviously lying to him. And I was just like, wow. Yeah. 
You know what I, I will say hard. though. You know that scene where he has to go into a where he is following a dog because he yeah. thinks it's a werewolf, and he the dog goes into a uh, into a haunted house. Yeah, I want to go to that haunted house. That that looks really cool. Yeah, that haunted house looks like a lot of fun. Like I wish I could go to some like to to that specific haunted <laughs> house. I mean, it, it definitely looked interesting, so I yeah. would definitely do that as well. I mean, the dog was cute too. So I yeah. mean. I also really like dogs. So. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of like nice little things, uh, allusions to other horror movies in there. Like I, uh, I think one of my favorite little callbacks to it is close to the end of the movie. Uh, they make they they say this one line, and it's a direct reference to Black Christmas, uh, where they're saying, "Oh, you know, it's coming from inside the house." They call it's coming from inside the house. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And I love that they put that in there because I'm like, that's for, you know, the, the casual horror fan, they might not get it, but to people like us that are like super into horror, we're like, oh, that's a reference to Black Christmas. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've never actually seen the original Black Christmas, oh, so I'm going to have to. It's really so. good. You definitely have to watch it. Not the Blumhouse one, by the way, because that's the only one I've seen. And it, I mean, I'm not saying it's a terrible movie, but it's just a fact that like I said, and I will say this through and through is literally like Blumhouse likes to cater to college kids when they're not doing any big projects. Yeah. And they somehow, for something so logical, they like to add supernatural shit to the mix, like at the last minute. They're like, oh, logical? Here, supernatural, while you're at it. No, no, like, no, they're like, hmm, this is making pretty good sense so far. Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Cult. It, and truth or dare, it's like, oh, you know, everybody turning, like, in truth or dare, you know, things happen. That's fine. You know, they, 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 if they don't do it, whatever, they die and, you know, that kind of thing. But no, but like, it, they, they just have to involve some curse that was developed in Mexico. And I'm like, why? <laughs> well, for, here's my question about that. Why even make a truth or dare movie in the first place? <laughs> like why that's just such a waste of money and time in my opinion well, no. I know but like they, they know how to pick their projects most of the time because that is a They're prime boring. example that's a prime example of not knowing when to not choose the right product that on Fantasy Island you should watch Black Christmas I, I want to to make fun of it because that's how I did when I watched... That's that's what I did when I was watching Hellfest for the first time. I was like, this movie sucks. You know, I heard a lot of people liked it. And I, and I don't know if I should give it a shot or not. Okay, well, here's my problem with Hellfest. I know we're going supremely off-topic off of Hubie Halloween for a second. But... <laughs> there are certain sections and certain scenes in, in Hellfest... Because I went to see this when it came out in the theater. Where I burst out laughing in the middle of the theater because they were so stupid. Like, straight up. I, I went to see it with a friend, and at one point we stopped, and we stared at each other, and just burst out laughing in the middle of the movie. Oh my and God. not because it was funny. It's Well, not because the movie was trying to be funny. It was because it was so bad it made us laugh. I mean, I... <laughs> like, if, I mean, if you want to watch it and... and enjoy a relatively bad movie that it's kind of bad it's so bad it's good then i would definitely recommend watching health list 
But outside of that, as a serious horror movie, it's garbage. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> but anyway, going back to the topic of Hubie Halloween, uh, casting-wise, same stuff you see in every Adam Sandler movie. So you got Adam Sandler, you got Steve Buscemi, you have Rob Schneider, you have uh, Kevin James, you know, his, his typical cast. It's like his best buddies. Another, oh, I forgot, too. There's another uh, nice little horror nod, too. A nice little Halloween horror nod to the actual, like, Halloween movie. Because Rob, Rob Schneider's character is, is an escaped mental patient that, of course, happens to escape from the asylum the day of Halloween. <laughs> and they show yeah. so many scenes that are just, like, direct ripoffs of just, just off of Halloween. Yeah. And they're, they're really funny. So, as we have briefly discussed uh, Hubie Halloween, we're not going to be spoiling uh, most of it because it is a relatively new movie, unlike Hocus Pocus and Trick or Treat. If you guys haven't seen Trick or Treat, even though it is mostly in the early uh, mid-2000s area, like you should be watching it. <laughs> and also, Hubie Halloween has just come out this year. It's almost like the category that we have practically been covering Halloween not family well I mean, it could be family yeah I would, I would consider not. you know what I would consider this a family oriented movie because if you notice there's really not like a lot of curse words in this movie or like super crude sexual humor or like anything like that yeah a lot of it is like basic slapstick and a little bit of toilet humor in there but nothing nothing like yeah. in-your-face sexual humor type of thing that normally Adam Sandler would do. Yeah. I think Because I think he did it on purpose. I think he wanted to do something more for, like, families to watch. Yeah. So it would be more of... The things that we have been mostly talking about are, like, horror comedies. Except Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat is more on the horror side, while Hocus Pocus and Hubie Halloween are the traditional family horror comedy with not... Too much, at least se sexual, on the Hubie Halloween side, but it definitely there's references there. Yeah. Um, but you know, your discretion is advised, children. And um, yeah, so definitely check out Hubie Halloween on Netflix. It's free, no excuse. Yeah. Um, with your subscription. Yes, <laughs> of course. But like, yeah. So. Yeah. So here's what I'm gonna say about Hubie Halloween. It is. A horror comedy for horror fans. Oh, yeah. In terms of what it what it puts in the movie that people like us that are horror fans are gonna enjoy, uh, and it's also one of those types of movies that it's 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 good if you watch it on your own. It's better if you watch it with a group of friends. Oh yeah. Like it's I one think. of those movies that you want to get some friends together, or or be safe and get some friends on Discord together, and then I'll watch the movie at the same time. <laughs> Um, wouldn't, like, Discord flag it for copyright? No, I mean, like, have a Discord server and, like, have people comment us or watching it, I mean. Or, like, just do, like, a video chat while somebody's watching the movie type of thing. That's boring. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to be safe about it with considering what's going on in the world right now. For those of us that, you know, want to be a little bit safer and don't feel comfortable with having, like, a group of friends at your house or something like that, yeah. watch it remotely. Because yeah. doesn't Netflix have that I option now where you can do, like, a group? Like a group watch on Netflix now? Yeah. So you can yeah. do it that way, too. That way everybody feels safe. You still get to enjoy the movie. But like I said, it's 
Watch it on your own, it's funny. Watch it with friends, it's even funnier. Yeah, I think Disney Plus has just incorporated Yes, that. they just did. Uh, so, does everybody... I mean, I've never tried that option. Would I haven't you, either. What, I thought, would you just get on camera while watching it? Or no, I think it's just that, like... A chat? Kind of I think it's like a chat room, almost. Yeah, like, everybody will watch the movie at the same time, and they'll have little chat bubbles, and you can just, like, comment as you're watching the movie. That's what I'm thinking. Is it works. Like, I haven't tried it out, but... Um, I, I need to try it yeah. out. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's pretty much all we, we... Not all we want to say on Hoobie Halloween... But all, all we can say for the sake of not wanting to spoil it for everybody that hasn't seen it It is a really, I mean, I'm not going to say that it is not, but it is a really long movie and it has a lot of content to offer. So if you think that we gave you a lot of information, you got a lot, another thing coming. Oh, yeah. It has a lot more than you would actually. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, I think we're going to stop it right here. We're going to end this episode here. We discussed three of our traditional Halloween movies today. Uh, you know, with two, uh, with you got our classic Hocus Pocus. You got our horror straight up in your face Halloween trick or treats. And then you got your new horror comedy in Hubie Halloween. So there's. Three right off the bat that if you haven't seen, you should definitely check out. Or if you have already seen, check them out again. Yeah, so past, present, and future in Halloween. So Look at that. Definitely uh, check it out. And, you know, have a very safe Halloween, guys. Yes. Because uh, we are now in a time where, you know, we want to get spooky stuff done, but things are happening. But we will be doing another podcast um, covering the whole tradition of Halloween yes. and hopefully being able to go on a rant before uh, Halloween comes because we would like to have that episode out before Halloween. Uh, but yeah, so uh, where can we find us? Yes, so we are on YouTube uh, as Sounds from the Grave. Uh, so that we're, we're posting... Uh, all the podcast episodes are up there right now. There's a couple of extra things on there too. Um, some gaming, uh, scary games uh, that I posted on there. There is... I've also used stuff so far because he hasn't yeah. given me the login. No, I'm kidding. He <sighs> has given me the login. I just... You, you just haven't been able to make contact for it yet. It, come, yeah. it, it happens, you know. We, we, lead, we lead busy lives. Oh, for sure. <laughs> But yeah, there's some like scary games on there. There's a couple of uh, trailer reactions on there, especially the new video that just came out today where I talk about the new things on the horizon for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, which makes me extremely excited. Um, and there's a lot more coming out in the near future. we got a first movie review is actually going to be up in a couple of days. Um, but... That's just on the YouTube side. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as Sounds from the Grave. Uh, if you guys can give us a follow. Uh, also, our podcast itself is on Spotify, Anchor, YouTube, Apple Podcasts. So there's plenty of ways to either listen or watch the podcast. Uh, and like I said, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Give us a follow. Give us a shout out. Reach out to us. Tell us what you want us to talk about on the podcast. Tell us something that you want to cover for the YouTube channel, and we'll do our best to, to try to cover that for you guys because it's for you. So, But what about you, the Phoenix? So I am 
of course, a part of the Sounds of the Grave, but I also have my own thing, which is called HHN Cultist. So if you're really into Horror Nights, uh, the name says it all, but I also do Halloween Horror Nights, Universal, Haunts, and anything horror-related when it comes to makeup, vlogs, and anything that may have to do with horror. So if you guys kind of like that content, I will be on YouTube and on Twitter. And I just kind of post whenever, but um, but I'm mostly on Twitter when it comes to like makeup looks and updates and all that kind of stuff. So check me out on those two platforms. Yes, and definitely, definitely check out the two cosplays that she posted today. She did a Bread of Frankenstein cosplay, which I loved. It is incredible. Thank you. And she just posted a Wednesday, an adult version of Wednesday Adams cosplay today. And that was also really, really cool. So definitely check those out. She's a queen. Yeah. <laughs> so I have been very surprised with the amount of responses I've been getting on the Bride of Frankenstein cosplay. So thank you guys so much for the love. And I really much appreciate that you guys like her. So thank you so much, especially the wig. The wig was actually so much fun <laughs> to create out of a whole Afro wig. Yeah, I, I gotta say the end result was, it was great. So you, you did a really good job on that. Thank you. So, You're welcome. Yeah, um, guys, it is late. So <laughs> I think we're gonna go. Yep. Um, so have a safe uh, pre-Halloween. We'll hopefully get the Halloween episode to you guys soon. Yep. And check out those movies, please. For sure. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys on the next podcast episode, next video, whichever one comes out first. But we'll catch you later. Bye. Bye.